0: ECU, do you breathe purple and gold? Are you ready to hoist the colors? Now, time for the most in-depth look at the world of ECU athletics. Welcome in to Hoist the Colors with your host, Stephen Igo on 94.3 the Game. Watch the show live on Facebook and at 943theGame.com. Now,
1: here's your host, Stephen Igo. All right, welcome into this edition of Hoist the Colors on 94.3 The Game. It is Tuesday, August 22nd. We are live on Facebook, live on YouTube, live on Twitter or X. We are live on the IBX Media app. If you're driving around, you have not downloaded the IBX Media app yet, definitely do that. It'll give you access, of course, to all of our shows on Interbanks Media, certainly the Patrick Johnson Show, which airs 5 to six every day during the week also our show 12 noon to 1 if you miss some of our show you can replay it easily on the IBX media app we are available on the podcast platforms as well Apple Podcasts Spotify if you want to catch us there catch a replay catch the whole show if you're driving around eating lunch but definitely check out the IBX media app for uh, everyday coverage including talk of the town and starting this Friday the Logan Zone Steve Logan will be back with his Friday show throughout the season so looking forward to that it's going to be a lot of fun, and uh, we'll have a lot of fun with the Logan Zone 5-6 to six this Friday. That'll air the Patrick Johnson Show, where six to 7 this Friday. All right, big show today. We've got a lot coming your way. Blake Harrell, the ECU defensive coordinator, will join us in our next segment. They are extremely busy with game planning and just looking into Michigan, deciding on personnel. We've got around a 20-minute interview with Blake Harrell that uh, that will run here shortly Uh, media day interviews will continue to post some of those we have caught up with a a number of players and coaches on saturday from the media day we'll be running those throughout the week we talked yesterday to tim doust we also talked uh, on the show with jari patterson who just went on full scholarship so we'll, we'll get to some more of those interviews here shortly including probably one or two in this segment before our first break uh, also, it's been a busy day at, at IBX Media here. We had uh, Parker Moore and Hampton Urgle, two ECU starting offensive line, over uh, you know, with the, the start of practice. They're trying to get in all their, their preseason stuff. They were over to do some NIL stuff with the East Coast Agency, which, of course, uh, sponsors the show here at Hoist the Colors. So enjoy talking with Parker and Hampton to cut some spots with the ECA. We'll have that for you here shortly uh, in the coming days as well. And today's the first day of official in-season practice practice. On Monday, classes started, so they actually had Sunday and Monday off from practice in terms of actually going out there, and they're always in the film room. They're always doing stuff over in the building, but this will be their first afternoon practice of August, and so we'll be out there. Hoist the Colors will be out there actually tonight. I think we talked to Mike Houston post-practice to get an update, along with the coordinators. so we'll have uh, further updates from uh, from Donnie Kirkpatrick and Blake Carroll. We do have uh, Blake coming up on today's show. We'll have Donnie Kirkpatrick slated likely for tomorrow, maybe Thursday. We'll have a a one-on-one interview with Donnie Kay, the ECU offensive coordinator as well. So busy week as we get closer and closer to game week. We are 11 days out, just 11 more days. I actually just posted the article on hoistthecolors.net. We're doing our countdown to kickoff, and we're using ECU's numbers uh, by their players, their personnel. Jeremy Lewis is number 11 for ECU, so we are Jeremy Lewis days away from kickoff. He is the starting outside linebacker. South Central High School product, so a Greenville NC kid heading into his fifth year. We've got that article up on HoistTheColors.net. Last night was a big night for a former Pirate, Keaton Mitchell, the East Carolina running back, uh, former running back, I should say, had a big run on Monday Night Football against the Washington Commanders. Now, the Baltimore Ravens actually did see their their long 24 game preseason winning streak snapped but it was a good night for Keaton because he once again showed off that big playability and I kind of had some questions you know I knew his speed would translate to the professional game well my question was how well and if you look at his 31 yard run last night two guys had the angle on him he just blew right past him It, it was very similar to what we had seen so often in an East Carolina uniform he did leave the game with an injury uh that last night Jim Harbaugh or John Harbaugh I should not say Jim Harbaugh is the coach of the the Michigan Wolverines his brother John said post game for the Ravens that Keaton Mitchell's injury is not serious and then this morning basically came out that uh, it was just a stinger so Keaton should be fine he's pushing to make the 53-man roster Baltimore's got a very crowded running back, and as an undrafted free agent, he, he does have an uphill battle. I think he's he's worked his way very much into that mix with his explosiveness and the fact that he's returning kicks. I think is going to make him a very valuable uh, piece. As we have the video now, Gr- great job, Clark. Um, this was uh, this was unprompted. There's Keaton Mitchell taking off on a 31-yard run and just the speed there. So yeah awesome uh awesome night for keaton mitchell and uh i think he's trending towards at least look he'll at least make the practice squad and uh you know if he does get stashed on the practice squad i think some teams may try and and poach him so i, I would not be surprised if baltimore tries to, to fit him on the 53 because that speed is something else so uh looking forward to continuing to watch we'll head into week three of the nfl preseason this uh th- this coming week and then of course that'll be the final preseason game so last chance for guys like Keith mitchell Holden aylers ryan jones isaiah winstead the list goes on and on to try and sure up their uh their best position possible to make the roster all right if you got a question drop it on facebook drop it on youtube drop it on twitter we'll get to those uh throughout the show we had a lot of interaction yesterday which is enjoyable so anything you want to hit ecu sports related non-ecu sports let me know we'll get to it let's run some interviews from media day we're going to start with uh, Shavon Revel, who is a ECU cornerback. And if you're a casual fan, you probably don't know Siobhan. And if you do follow the program, you're probably very excited to see number 28 hit the field this, this, uh, this September because he has been one of the more talked about players of this defense. Hasn't played a whole lot, was a uh, very under the radar recruit, but he's got size, length, speed. He came to a prospect camp at ECU and really showed out a few summers ago as kind of a, a no-name guy, and I think he's really got a chance to blossom in this defense. So here's Shavon Revel from
2: Saturday's Media Day. We'll, we'll start with the, the scrimmage, man. How do you feel like it, it went out there today? Um, today, I really feel like I, I could have did better, but due to my like my groin, going through is, like some maintenance when I'm going. I'm in the training room every day working on it and everything, but I think I did pretty good so far. Just, you know, still some stuff I need to I need to do better, at, perfect my craft every day. You know, see, that's what on um, is for, right? So,
1: Coaches talked about. Obviously, you've had a big off season, but you know you've kind of earned that by going out, putting in the work every day so like what does that mean meant to you as far as hey you,
2: you can't take a day off you got to put in the work every day i mean it means a lot to me um never you'll never catch me like being cocky or nothing right. um i'm very humble um, i feel like never settle you always got to work every day no matter if you just start or not i feel like you can never like look like be little, anybody else. And make sure, like, make sure you, you, go, you with everybody else. Like, everybody is equal. I feel like I just ha- I have to work as hard as everybody that stands behind you. So I feel like you can never settle. For nothing. We
1: talk when you committed, you kind of had, you know, goals of, of reaching this point. So like to kind of see where you were, you know, at that camp when you had a big performance to now. Like from then to now, like how much
2: do you feel like you've grown personally and, and as a player? Yeah. Um, uh, full fact that Like I didn't even Like I got up from work I got up from work Like 30 minutes I got up here Just a football camp wasn't looking for an offering And I was And I did what I did So it, it surprised me So Coming from that I just I felt like I went from Juco To here Juco I know I had to make Big grades I know I had to grind I Had to do all that So I stayed On my grind Concentrated Got my grades right Came here Felt like still Gonna do the same Just cause I'm here Don't mean I have to change For anything So I made good grades Make sure I'm on point, make sure I'm on time for for meetings, practice, all that. So when you show up to that camp, at East have they even been like recruiting you or did you just kinda of show up Not, to work out? Um, like I said, I was asleep. I, I, I was I was working at Amazon, I fell asleep for thirty I was asleep for thirty minutes, came up like came up here a two hour drive, three, two hour drive, um Came up here, they never recruited me. Actually, I didn't have no, like, I had interest. Right. Not from ECU, but I actually came up here just for a camp. I ran the 40. Um, one of the coaches that usually work up here, they used to work up here somewhere else right now. He actually walked up to me. So I was like, oh shoot, I might, this might work. So um it was very exciting. Very exciting. Talking to Coach Houston. That probably was my I was nervous. <laughs> I was nervous when I went to Coach Houston. Um he told me some very good things, making sure I was on point. He gave me a chance at a, not too good of a GPA, but he made sure, he knew, he had faith in me, so he had faith in me and had other believers, so I feel like I could do it, so. A lot of new receivers coming in as transfers
1: that you're going up against, along with some returning guys. Who would you say, if you're willing to give anybody credit, who's the
2: toughest guy to guard in practice? To me, i give it to Kerry. Yeah. Kerry, he's kind of tough. He's a quick guy. He's he's fast, but like, he's quick and twitchy. You know? right. so he, he gave me a little a little trouble yeah a little trouble sometimes
1: all right there's Siobhan Revel. really looking forward to seeing him play we saw a little bit in the bowl game last year and just the biggest thing that sticks out about Siobhan is the length 6-2 long arms can run and I think you know you compare him to some of the starting corners last year to me I think he's going to give you the ability to play some more man and look he's not going to go out there and, and be a shutdown corner from day one he's going to have to you know, probably experienced some growing pains, but I think by the end of the year, he could be just a very, very key and special player for this defense. Just from what I've seen in practice, he is extremely tough uh, to get separation from, and he makes consistent plays on the football. So looking forward to Siobhan this year. Right, on Facebook, John Moody says that he just got an email from the Pirate Club that we sold 2,400 tickets for the App State game. Should be a fun environment. And of course, the Whoa. Michigan game has been getting a lot of pub. But I'm, I'm thrilled for that Ab game. I've never watched a game at Kid Brewer Stadium. Uh, it's sold out. It's only 30,000 seats, but a fun environment in the mountains. We're going to go uh, you know, take that trip up the mountain. We'll see what happens. But ECU, I think, has not visited Ab Stadium football since the 70s. And so they'll be fired up for East Carolina. And East Carolina should be fired up to, to play up there. 33 uh, 3,333 feet above sea level is Kid Brewer Stadium. So uh, we'll see how the altitude affects the uh, the Pirates. But looking forward to that game. Thanks for the update, John. We'll uh, we'll see what the Pirates' record is going into that September 16th matchup between the Pirates and Mountaineers. Let's get to one more interview before our uh, our break. And our interview with Blake Carroll. Let's hit Rah Rah Dilworth. He's a guy who transferred in from North Carolina and really t- highly touted kid out of high school in, uh, in, in Kernersville, North Carolina. I believe went to Glenn High School and, and had an offer from ECU. Went to UNC, played a couple years there. Transferred over to ECU uh, this past spring along with Tymear Brown and Dontavious Nash who are two also UNC transfers who are highly recruited kids coming out of high school. So all these guys on the defensive side of the ball, let's have our conversation. Rah rod, rod Dealworth from Media Day. Well, let's talk about first, man. Just obviously you, you transferring here and what went into that decision when that came. And I'm sure you had other opportunities, but what, what ultimately led you to East Carolina? Uh, i say what led
3: me here was one, my teammate had, a couple of my teammates had transferred here. So it felt like I already had a piece there. And then two, it was just about me going somewhere where I can have the opportunity to show what I can do on the field and, you know, show it on multiple occasions, not just sometimes.
1: Right. This defensive scheme, it feels like it fits kind of your your style, like playing in space, getting downhill. Do you feel the same way?
3: Uh, Yes, I do. I feel very comfortable, comfortable with this scheme and feel like I can use it to my best of my ability.
1: What are some of the biggest adjustments you've had to make? And, you know, whether it be learning the scheme or just kind of getting used to, to East Carolina football. Well,
3: one thing they over here they uh, they run harder. Like we run way more, which is very good because you know pushing us to our limits that we we never reached. And I will say too. I just had to get better with my eyes and then I just had to get better in coverage and also with man and adjusting to that was like very good because I got some very good coaches here that know what they're doing.
1: You and, and Kingston, y'all have kind of been competing. Like, What's that? What's y'all's relationship like on and off the field? Me and
3: Kingston we go to work every day. It's not even like a competition. We go in there to make each other better. If I don't know something he'll let me know. If he, if he don't know something he'll come and ask me. It's really not even a competition. we hit, we in it to win it together.
1: You mentioned Tom here and then Dontavius. Like coming in with them, like what does that kind of mean to you? Having that, those relationships already,
3: what it mean, what it meant to me is like I can I can tell these boys something that we know from the, another school, and it could be the same here, but just another call or like when we run in, I can talk to these boys like pushing them extra, and I know that they'll respond. You know, in, in the first the How do you think the scrimmage went today? I'd say said the scrimmage went pretty good. We did what we want uh, physically this week, and we're growing each day. And I say, just got to keep going until it's time to go to the, the big house.
1: When you look at Mason and, and Alex the quarterbacks you are going up against what type of challenges do they present to y'all from a defensive perspective when they're on the field right now? I say Mason and
3: Flynn they make throws that other co- college quarterbacks won't make especially sideline throws where it's hard for the defender to put a hand on the ball and I got into some of those situations and it's making me better as a player and having my breaks more crispy now.
1: Lastly who's the, who's the toughest or Receiver or tight end to guard right now
3: in practice? I say the toughest receiver right now to guard in practice is uh, Jalen for me because he, he's the number two receiver and I'm always on him every day. So it's a, it's a great challenge every day and I got to come on my A game. And I said tight end, I was telling the other reporter, uh, Shane. Shane is a, one of the best tight ends in his league at, at blocking and every day I got to come with it because if I don't, yeah.
1: There's Ra Ra Dilworth talking about his, uh, his challenge of. of Trying to cover Jalen Johnson, who's moved inside to the slot this year, and also Shane Calhoun from a blocking perspective. Really excited to see Ra Ra this year. Another guy with length, tremendous speed as a linebacker, and I think it will, will play a really big role in this East Carolina defense. And we'll see what position he ends up finding a home at. I know he's worked a lot in kind of the, the Sam Nickel spot this preseason and uh, really allows him to run to the football. So uh, just another piece added to this defense. Again, inexperienced maybe, but talented. Shavon Revel, Ra-Ra-Dilworth are two names by the end of the year I expect ECU fans to be very familiar with. Another guy who is already f- familiar with them is Blake Harrell, the ECU defensive coordinator. We'll have that interview on the other side. We'll get into his thoughts on preseason camp, coming out of Saturday's scrimmage, some early Michigan prep. Also, we'll go through kind of the defensive – Roster, the depth chart, some of the names standing out. We'll hit that on the other side. You're listening to Hoist the
0: Colors on 94.3 The Game. We're live with Stephen Igo on 94.3 The Game. Hoist the Johnny Roger! Now back to Hoist the Colors. All
1: right, welcome back into Hoist the Colors, and pleasure to be joined now by East Carolina defensive coordinator Blake Carroll, who is hard at work over. Inside the Ward Sports Medicine Building, game planning for Michigan, and putting together everything with the roster and depth chart and whatnot. So, Coach Harrell, appreciate some time on today's program. How, how things going over there in the defensive meeting rooms?
4: Ah, uh, it's going awesome. I appreciate you having me on, and you know, it's always just a blessing to to be in the building and and uh, just supporting our young men and and, help, and doing anything I can to help the Pirate Nation and, and uh, moving our program forward. So. Always a good time when you're when you're at work.
1: And you guys just wrapped up preseason camp, and we're now moving into game prep. So does it feel a, a little more real? It's not quite game week yet, but I know you guys are, are starting to look at Michigan. So uh, does it feel like you're you're almost in season mode now?
4: It it does. I mean, once once you finally get that last scrimmage in uh, for your for your camp. And you can kind of look forward and and you kind of break your roster down into a scout team and and guys that you think may be a, a travel travel squad at least for that first game And you're getting those guys quality reps and prepared for michigan and uh you're, you're breaking you're making a practice plan and, and doing those type of things and scouting reports and yeah, yeah i think you're definitely full throttle ahead with michigan and and definitely feels like game week's getting closer and you're not quite there yet you you still got a few final things uh you know, I think we got a mock mock uh, game script this week when we go through just substitutions and stuff like that. But uh, you know, for the most part, we're we're full throttle ahead on Michigan.
1: And you guys, I know you know did a pre-scout or over the summer looked at Michigan early, kind of putting together a preliminary game plan. So when you look at Michigan now, I'm sure there's a lot that catches your attention. But just early on, what what stands out most about the Wolverines?
4: Well, you know, they're they're certainly uh, Worthy of all the hype they're getting. I mean, they're the number two team in the country. And, you know, for me, this is, uh, they don't have a weakness. I mean, the, the, the five, six, seven offensive linemen up front, they're all, uh, you know, future NFL guys, all 6'5, 315, square, got good feet, come off the rock, come off the ball, good pad level, and just, uh, nasty dudes up front. So all of them are really good players. Um, the, the guys that you hear the most about are the, running back you know blake Corum and devon edwards and they uh they're certainly worthy of it because they're very patient runners uh they run behind their pads and then when they get out in the open field they can certainly take it the distance and and hit the home run and then uh you know one of the most impressive guys to me on that, that squad is the quarterback jj J. mccarthy um you know not just the plays he makes with his arm but when things break down the ability he has to to make you pay with his legs and scramble you know, you you get a chance to get him in third down and you think you got him covered up and, and he can he can break you down with his legs and, and scramble with the first down. So uh, they definitely have a lot of playmakers over there and have a word cut out. But our guys will be fired up and be excited to go play in the big house and end up to the challenge and, 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 and go put our best foot forward.
1: We're risen with ECU defensive coordinator Blake Carroll. Preview in Michigan. Also, want to recap preseason camp with you, Coach, and, and just being out there at practice and I've been around this program a while, but it, it just seemed to me, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but the, just the, the competition at each position and the depth at each position just seems to be, you know, as deep as I've seen it in some time. I know, obviously, a lot's been made about the inexperience and all the new faces, but several of these guys have been in your program. The new faces coming in, pretty talented. Just as you look back at preseason camp, what were you most happy about with your defensive unit?
4: Yeah, I'm fired up about this defensive group. I think one thing that you mentioned is the competition. And whether that's uh, in each position room or, you know, versus the offense or however it may be, competition brings out the best in all of us. It doesn't matter if it's in sports and our everyday uh, life or whatever it may be. It, it pushes us to be the best. And that's certainly what we've created, Coach Houston's, as has created, uh, within our roster um you know if you if you're not up to having your best day well you better look out that you have somebody pass you up and uh at the same time if, if the the next guy is giving his best and really pushing you it pushes you to be your best and we we have a chance to go go get better that day and climb the mountain to, to be to meet our goals and, and be the best player as possible and that's that's been exciting to watch those guys i mean i think we have a group that um they're a lot of fun to be around. For around and for several reasons one I think they're really good young men and really good guys guys that um, are high character Um, and the other thing they come to work every single day wanting to get better looking for ways to improve and looking for plays that you know ways to just stay hungry and and become a better football player um, and and find out all the little things that help them to do that so that as a coach that's a lot of fun to be around and uh, makes your job really exciting and um, yeah, we've got some guys that maybe you don't we don't know about as, as household names that haven't had a lot of snaps in pirate uniforms. But as you mentioned, they're older guys that going into a you know third, fourth, fifth year. Uh, maybe they just haven't had a lot of snaps in in, in the purple and gold. Uh, but I think they're going to do big things for us this fall.
1: Coach, I'm usually able to get at least a little bit of intel on these scrimmages you guys have. Y'all had a lockdown pretty tight, tight Saturday. Uh, not, not much got out. Just what were your your thoughts, what you can share coming out of that scrimmage from a defensive perspective? What did you like about your unit and, you know, kind of taking that next step towards opening kickoff?
4: Yeah, one, one thing I'll say is, you know, and you mentioned already the competition, we challenge each other offensively and defensively. It's not go out there and, and run a script or go out there and, and uh, you know, just try to be basic. Just go out there and attack each other. Um, and by doing that, you you kind of you you make the other side of the ball better. And our offense certainly did that to us by attacking us and, and throwing everything at us. And, and it makes us prepare for all situations. Uh, but one thing I was just so proud of our guys is how hard they play and just the way they're playing, the way they're running the football. And, and you know, we're playing we're playing fast. We're playing physical. We're trying to create turnovers. And that's what we talk about each and every day, that we want to do those things because that's our culture. You know, we're an effort-based defense, and, and how hard can we play 11 guys in the field, running the football, playing their tail off, you know, playing physical, doing a great job in tackling, taking on blocks, knocking ball carriers back, and then creating turnovers, which is, you know, getting a, uh, a hand in the quarterback's face, making him throw a bad ball, or ripping and stripping at the football. So I thought we did a really good job of that Saturday, and, and that was, um, you know, refreshing to see. We obviously uh we we don't may not have a hundred thousand game reps with this group but they're learning the defense they get better every day and if they make a mistake they can fix it and come right back to it and it and they'll they'll take advantage of that and be ready for the next time it occurs
1: blake Carroll is with us ecu defensive coordinator and inside linebackers coach let's talk about this defensive personnel a little bit coach and we'll start in, in your room and obviously uh, you know, Xavier Smith, Miles Berry, Chance Bates moving on. That's well documented at this point. But Taylor Jackson is back. Mike Edwards is back. And uh, let, let's start with Taylor. Just uh, again, you know, fourth year guy quietly in the program, been waiting his turn. And it feels like it's his time. Do you agree with that?
4: I, I would definitely agree. I mean, like you said, Taylor's fourth year in the program. Uh, just talking to our young guys in our room about Taylor. And, you know, some, sometimes when you, when you talk to your young guys and maybe they have to, go give a, a look for our offense on a scout team that they, they kind of dropped their head a little bit, but I was just pointing to Taylor and, and talking about how he's, he's earned this thing the hard way and, and, and done it the right way. And, and the way we'd all love to see everybody do it, just kind of grind it through it, you know, put his time in. And I think he's ready for his time and, and he's, he's never set back and, and just kind of, well, I'll, I'll be there one day and he's always attacked it. He's always tried to, you know, uh, be on top of his game, so when his time was called, he was ready, and uh, he's certainly ready now. and And he's doing a great job of his leadership in that room as well. So, uh, fired up for Taylor, and just I you know, hope you know the, the way he's going, he's he's looking to have a big fall.
1: For those who haven't seen maybe as much of Taylor Jackson as you know, obviously you have, and others around the program have. How, how would you kind of describe his game? You know, is he is he a quicker? version of some of the guys you guys have had in the past at inside linebacker? Do you feel like he can kind of make your defense a little more dynamic?
4: Yeah, he, he, I think he's, you know, uh, it's hard to compare some of the guys we've had in the past. He was a safety in high school, plays an outside backer in high school. Um, you know, he, he moves well in space, understands coverage. I, th- I think the biggest thing for me, is for Taylor, is just a cerebral kid. Um, you know, whether you're asking to play Mike, Will, outside backer, whatever it may be, he understands concepts. He understands football. He's a student of the game. Uh, him and the guy Barker, are two guys that, you know, you'll walk in here on the in the summertime on a Sunday Sunday night, and they're in there watching film and and checking things out. Not only uh, upcoming opponents opponents, but past film. So uh, he's just a football junkie, and I think anytime you do that, uh, it's going to show on the field. Uh, and, and he's done a really good job of that.
1: We talked about Mike Edwards a little bit this preseason. The former Georgia Southern transfer seems like he's taking a big step. And, you know, B.J. Davis, another kid you brought in as a grad transfer from South Carolina State. And and just from my point of view, it seems like that's been a great position battle at the wheel linebacker. How how do you kind of sum up those two guys, two different guys, but, you know, a lot of talent there too?
4: Yeah, those two keep bringing out the best in each other for sure. I mean, there's there's, uh, two guys that have played a lot of football, and not necessarily in a pirate uniform and mike edwards played as a freshman at georgia southern played over 500 snaps started there uh bj davis was you know player of the year in the MEAC last year he'll be a fifth year player and mike will be a third year player so the older guys they've played uh just maybe not for the pirates at a linebacker position so um both are, are certainly can run play in space athletic you know mike mike's kind of a a you know, for his size, he's kind of a headhunter inside and a really good actor in the run game. Diagnoses things really well. BJ, I think three uh, interceptions is something crazy like he's got a dozen career interceptions, but you see it when you see his body and how long he is just the the passing lanes he eats up. He was a uh, a safety in high school coming out of, uh, out of Rock Hill down there and, and grew into a linebacker and and just the knack he has in the passing game is pretty impressive. So uh, those, those two, and we, we may even find them being on the field at the same time. They're in some third-down packages, or, or you know, Mike, Mike Edwards might move, move over to the other inside backer and have them on the, on the field at the same time. So uh, just excited about those two and the way they've been working, the way they go about their business, and, and not only that, the edge they play with, too. I think they bring a little bit of, of edge to our defense that, that we definitely need, and I think we've got to play this game with defensively.
1: And we we touched on uh you know Zakai there coming off the the knee injury and he's had a, a good preseason it seems like also y'all brought in Taekwon King from North Carolina A and T uh, and I know some young linebackers as well I don't know how much we'll see this year but I, w- I was very high on them when you you were recruiting them coach
4: so take us through the rest of that room and
1: and what you're looking for both this year and in the future there
4: yeah so so still inside you know you mentioned Zakai Barker who was um, you know came in early as a freshman but had a knee injury, so basically he is now just really fresh and went through the spring, and this will be his first fall of, of live action. And and just a you know really excited about him and and another football junkie, Taquan King, you mentioned coming over from A&T, and I think he's going to add some depth in there and and help us on special teams. But some of those young guys, I mean Dwight Johnson, Julian Davis, you know they they just got here this summer, but they show that hey they're going to be you know really good players one day for the Pirates. I don't know if it'll be this fall or. You know where they, you know, they'll be on a special team as far as what it may be, but I know for sure they're going to be good players. Um, then the outside backer, you know, haven't talked much about them yet, but uh, we have all those guys in the same room right now Kingston and Kentry, Rod Rod Dilworth. Um, both those two guys are battling out there at the stand backer, outside backer position to the field. And, um, I, I think they're they're really good blitzers and they add a new dynamic. I think probably that position maybe as good a blitzers that we've had. Um, and just kind of nice to see them going at it every day, playing a little bit of nickel out there as well. Jordan Huff plays out there some, so uh, his man skills kind of gives us a new dynamic to our defense out there that I'm super excited about. Um, you know, I think it can add add to what we do defensively.
1: You mentioned Ra Ra. We we caught up with him at media day, and you know, he made some. Some comments that were interesting to me just about how how hard you guys run to the football in practice and he, he says basically it's night and day than what it was at North Carolina and obviously a, a guy like Ry Ry was a big recruit out of high school four-star kid didn't maybe play as much as he wanted to at UNC but seems to have fit the the culture really well here how has he acclimated and grown since the spring and you feel like he's a good fit for your defense? Oh, certainly and, and I, t- I tell our
4: whole defense this and and Ra Ra just fits right in, exactly where we're at. I mean, like you said, highly recruited, four star out of out of, uh, of Winston Salem area. I think maybe one of the highest recruits if he, was, if he came here out of high school and maybe program history. Um, but the, the athleticism that he has, and our defense has, allows us to go be who we want to be, go attack, go create chaos on the quarterbacks. You know, bring different things and, and just whether it's pressure, whether it's drop eight you know, bring six, drop five, whatever it may be. I think he fits right into that. And just, you know, that's a lot of fun to coach when you can go play that way. We we call it, we call it 60 minutes of hell. And that really came from uh, Arkansas, 40 minutes of hell. Just how they were up and down, press, full court, fast break, up in your face. And that's how we want to be def- defensively. I mean, we got guys that can do that. And that's why it makes it so exciting is we can be up in your face, uh, man coverage, zone coverage, deny coverage, whatever it may be. We can bring pressure from the corners, safeties, backers, whoever it may be, and drop our defensive ends or nose tackles, whatever it may be. So we can do a lot of different things and have that same mentality that we're going to bring it for, for 60 minutes while we're creating chaos and, and getting after the offense. So, um, And Rara is just one of those guys that allows us to do that.
1: A few more minutes with Blake here. We'll get him out of here let him get back to work and – Coach, uh, cornerback wise, I know Siobhan Rebels had a, an awesome offseason for you guys. Really looking forward to seeing him playing a bigger role this year for y'all on the back end. Who else at cornerback has, has kind of earned y'all's trust at this point, or you know, maybe competed for a starting job uh, out wide on the perimeter?
4: Yeah, I think there's several guys. a guy that we added to that room. Uh, that's an older young man, Jonathan Jones. He's a grad transfer from uh, Campbell. That, you know, and played a lot of snaps there. So, you it's an older body in there. It's an experienced guy that's, that's played a whole lot. You know, it's had a good camp, and I think you'll see him at some point this, this fall. Um, and then to the field, I think Isaiah Brown-Murray, you know, he was here as a freshman last year. We, we had a chance to redshirt him, played in a couple games on special teams, but has been solid out there It runs really well for a really athletic young man that changes direction, can get up and down the field. I uh, remember we had him at camp a couple of years ago as a high school prospect ran really well for us uh, and, uh, it was one of the reasons we signed him and then time brown who, who was a transfer from Oakland out there's shows why he was a you know four-star recruit out of high school the athleticism the way he runs he can cover man it has been pretty impressive and then um you know the, the freshman that stands out of, of all those guys is antoine jackson uh twan, twan is just he's naturally gifted he just turned 17 this summer um, but you, you can see that he has the movement skills, the and the length out there that that you're looking for. That you know that he's going to be a good player, and, and I'm sure he's going to work his way on the field this fall.
1: And then you look at the defensive line and the safety room coach. At least you know with the the starting group, and definitely with the depth at both positions, you'll have a lot of experience there. So we talk about. You know all these new faces, but it, does it at least help you sleep a little better at night when you you know you got a pretty stock D line room, with some experience, some guys on the back end that have played some football.
4: Yeah, it, it, you always say you want to be good on defense, especially up the middle. And uh, you know if you look at our, our safeties with Julius and Teagan, even Devin King just came came along doing a really good job. Uh, you know Omar Rogers and and Montavious Nash who we had in that room. Uh, you feel really good about that back end up the middle, and then up front. You know, it's the same names we've been talking for about the last three, four years. Elijah Morris, Deontay Johnson, uh, Sue Radware, Jason Shuford up the middle. And then on the edges, um, Jeremy Lewis and, and Chad Stevens. J.D. Lampley's playing a little edge for us right now, uh, Jack Powers. All those guys have played. They, they've they been battle-tested, so it definitely makes you sleep better. And, and another guy that we've added up front that has, uh, you know, he was here last fall, but has the length and athleticism Sam Danka. Just did a really good job this uh, this fall camp uh, of just being in passing lanes, getting his hands up, you know, quarterback releasing that ball out, and he's getting his hand in the in the throwing lane and knocking it down just because he's he's long and, and plays hard. I mean, he's really bought into what we do and what we emphasize, and you know, just he sells all out, and that that's exciting for our, our program.
1: All right, lastly for you, coach. Uh, Twelve days as we're recording this on Monday, this will air Tuesday, which will be eleven days out. So 11 days out by the time this airs from kickoff, what's the biggest thing for your defense that you want to get accomplished in those 11 days to be ready for uh, 12 noon on September 2nd?
4: You, you know, obviously, uh, we we need to have a truly awesome understanding, great understanding of what Michigan does, who they are, how they want to try to attack us. Uh, but I think but even more so for us is like, hey, get really, really, Perfect what we do, you know, really perfect our fundamentals and perfect our run fits and perfect our, hey, how we're going to protect the deep balls and the shots and how we're going to play the third down, perfect those things. And, uh, yeah, what, what Michigan does and how they do it, you know, how they want to attack us is very important. But I think more so on, on how we do things is, is, um, uh, is huge. You know, if you look back at game one last year, um, we we had two defensive scores we gave up in that game, but I don't think it has much to do with our opponent. It's just one or two mistakes we made defensively, and then the rest of the game we played really well, and that had you know every bit of to do with our guys going and playing hard and executing. And that's what we got to be able to do and on September second is go, tell execute our our assignment, do our job, and, and with a great effort. And if we'll do those things, then I think we'll make proud you know Pirate Nation super proud, and, and we'll be super excited about how we play.
1: He is ECU defensive coordinator Blake Harrell. Coach, we appreciate the time. I know you're busy as always, especially now diving into game prep. and Looking forward to seeing you out at practice later this week. Kickoff's almost here, so uh, we'll, we'll enjoy the final few days before the season starts. But the, the grind's here, so hey, we're in it. But uh, appreciate the time, Coach.
4: Hey, we love it. I appreciate you, Stephen. Go Pirates.
1: There he goes, Blake Harrell, ECU defensive coordinator. Appreciate his time on today's program all right let's get a break in we'll be right back on hoist the colors on 94.3 the game
0: here there be pirates back to hoist the colors with steve and i go how good is this on 94.3 the game
1: all right welcome back into hoist the colors 94.3 the game it is tuesday august 22nd just had our great chat with blake harrow a lot of good information there he talked a lot about the two guys we heard from earlier at Media Day this past weekend, Ra Ra Dilworth, the UNC transfer. Also, we touched on the cornerback situation. Siobhan Rebel, we talked to him earlier in the show. Really excited to see some of those other guys in the cornerback room as well. We are scheduled to talk with Donnie Kirkpatrick, the ECU offensive coordinator, one-on-one this afternoon. We'll play that for you uh, either Wednesday or Thursday show. So we'll have some, some one-on-one time with Donnie K as well. All right, let's get to a few more Media Day interviews before we wrap up today. Let's, let's hit the O-line. We had we actually had Hampton Ergel and Parker Moore in studio earlier today for some uh, NIL things through Team Boneyard and through East Coast Agency. Tim, of course, uh, Tim Vleet supports the uh, Hoist of Colors program here with our Pirate of the Week each Monday. He's also going to be doing something with some ECU student-athletes this fall and winter. So, But I caught up with Parker and Hampton at Media Day. We'll start first with Parker Moore, the ECU left tackle. Here's our conversation from Saturday. First off, how do you feel like the scrimmage went today? I know Coach kind of challenged the whole team after last week. Do you feel like you all kind of bounced back?
5: Uh, Yeah, I definitely feel like we made a lot of improvements uh, over the scrimmage. You know, defense hit us with a lot of stuff we didn't get this uh, chance to see um, earlier in camp. And then as we grew this past week and then we got to the scrimmage, I feel like we got better and got to see a lot of the stuff that they threw at us. I think uh, the game
1: slowed down for us that For you,
5: offensive
1: line-wise, like, with Hampton moving places and some new guys coming in and y'all trying to learn to work as a unit. How has that process been from day one of Hampton now? Uh,
5: Just as far as Hampton, uh, I mean, it doesn't really matter where he plays. I know he's going to play at a high level. Um, And just like everybody else in the O-line, I feel like everybody on the O-line can play multiple positions anywhere, and that's very helpful for a long season that we're about to have. So uh, it means a lot to have guys like Hampton and myself and everybody else that, you know, can swing and do whatever they want to do on the O-line.
1: So. Talking to Coach Mo that guys, it's pretty intense. So, like, what's he like on the field? Uh, he is straight juice. Yeah. Uh, yeah,
5: there's nothing like him, man. I mean, Shank's the same way. Shank and, and Mo have their different styles, you know. But Moe's younger, so he has that more, like, intensity to him. He can move around differently and things like that. And um, just, it helps us out a lot, you know, having a guy like that just constantly on our back, you know, telling us this and that. And I appreciate him for it.
1: What's it been like for you to see Hampton, you know, kind of reach the point he had, especially getting the scholarship last year, like as a teammate of him, like what did that mean to you? Uh, Obviously, this
5: is my first year last year being with the team, so hearing his story uh, is very inspirational, you know. um, For him to go through his trials and tribulations and then finally get to that point to where coaches, you know, can trust him and give him the ability to get a scholarship, it uh, means a lot to me. You know, I call it the underdog story, you know, Hampton is a guy. I feel like is an underdog and people aren't really looking at him as I see him in the locker room
1: so I'm pretty excited about it. All right there's Parker Moore ECU's projected starting left tackle heading into the season opener at Michigan and right now it looks like the starting right tackle might be Hampton Ergo he actually has worked a lot at center of course this offseason was kind of thought to be the potential starting center but Due to a need at tackle, due to his versatility, he he's actually in his fifth year in the ECU program. He's spent time at tackle and guard in the past, and so he, he's been kicked out to tackle some. We'll see how they line up on September 2nd. But uh, with Dustin Hall coming in, USF transfer, also a couple of other new guys coming in, Akron transfer, Ryan Beckman, you have some other guys that can play center. So Hampton Urgle now playing some right tackle. We have that conversation about the adjustment there and much more. Here's Hampton ergle from media today. I know you, so you started working in the spring at center. I was talking to Mogridge and obviously getting some reps of right tackle now. How is that process going for you?
6: Um, it's going good. I've always – I started, coming in, playing right tackle and just kind of moved to center last season. Um, and i played all five positions now. Okay. So. Just kind of the move from center to tackle is completely different. So just trying to still get used to it and get my confidence back playing right tackle. But it's going to go.
1: What's the, obviously, the spacing, the handling, the speed rusher? Is that just the biggest, biggest, outside of snapping the ball? What's the biggest differences? That's
6: one of the big ones. Different athlete out there. Um, Different angles. Um, Yeah different stance yeah right mm-hmm. so I mean
1: there's obviously that versatility though, how much does that help y'all not only yourself but as a unit like going to game day if somebody gets banged up you know you can move around to help out the whole team Oh, uh, it helps a lot um you know,
6: certain guys are able to concentrate on one position, but I'm okay with moving to multiple positions so it helps out the room a lot. Yeah.
1: For you coming in as a as a walk on years ago and you know getting to this point now, like, you know, not a lot of guys in your position make it this far getting a scholarship. what has this whole journey been like for you? I mean
6: it's a dream come true. I'm living it. Um it's keep working, you can do it. I knew I, I knew I could do it. I knew, you know, coaches they knew I could do it
1: too, so it's a dream come true. So you got the scholarship. that was after the bowl game, officially last year, right? What was that moment like? I mean, it was great. Um, it's great.
6: Call my parents and tell them that uh, they were really happy. Um, all the hard work is all worth it, you know. Um, but now it's about
1: getting on the field, playing, and playing well. So. So we had Joe Sampson on my show the other day. He, he calls you Big Moose. Where, where, where did that originate from? <laughs>
6: <laughs> um, so that originated from. Uh... All
1: right, there's uh, Hampton Earl. It looks like cut off there. He uh, he he basically told the story of essentially the the 2019 class. We had Joe Sampson on former ECU tied in slash athlete on Friday's show. Uh, he uh, told the story that basically all those guys that came in with the 2019 class got animal nicknames and uh hampton urgles is big moose i think joe sampson's is polar bear uh so we'll have to give him some more flack for that when he's on this friday but uh there's there's hampton urgle really looking forward to seeing uh what he is uh he's he's able to do this season obviously he made his first career start in the bowl game last year at center after avery jones left uh, the team to transfer ended up at Auburn so Hampton's going to play a big role it's just a matter of where at on the offensive line this uh, th- this this season so looking forward to that alright let's get our final break in we'll come back we'll wrap up the show with final thoughts on this Tuesday August 22nd you're listening to Hoist the Colors on 94.3 the game climb aboard
0: as we set sail and hoist the colors back to the show with Steve and I go on 94.3 the game all right, welcome back into Hoist the
1: Colors, wrapping up on this Tuesday, August 22nd edition of HTC. Been a fun show. We had a, a great conversation with Blake Carroll earlier, the ECU defensive coordinator really went into some of the positions, some of the names that have been talked about a lot this preseason. I tried to kind of get some other intel as well in terms of maybe what some of the depth looks like at some positions like corner, linebacker, etc. Of course, we know some of those guys, especially up front, that are going to be playing a big role in this year's ECU defense. Again, we will have Donnie Kirkpatrick, the ECU offensive coordinator, on later this week. We'll record that interview they're again busy with game planning, game planning. So we're having to be flexible with their schedule, but we're getting them on the show. Big thanks to those guys for taking the time to do that as they dive into Michigan. We'll have that either tomorrow or Thursday. Tomorrow we've got Clay Walker. He is the general manager of ECU Sports Properties, uh, the PlayFly division of uh, East Carolina. Also runs the ECU Sports Network. You know, of course, played a big role in, in bringing Jim Zoki on board, and uh, you know, the the lot of lot of interesting things in store for this fall for for the ECU Sports Property and ECU Sports Network. Of course, the coaches show with Mike Houston starts next Monday. They're also going to have a show at Sup Dogs on Thursday night, which I'll be involved in. So we'll get that conversation tomorrow. Shed more light on everything they've got going. Also, a big social media push and presence for ECU Sports Network. We'll we'll dive into that with... Uh, Clay Walker tomorrow. And then Thursday, we've got JJ McLam scheduled to appear, the ECU associate AD for internal operations. And then Friday, we'll have Joe Sampson as well. And we'll also have continued coverage of media day. Still got interviews to get to. Dyrrell Roberts, Alan Mogridge, uh, J.D. Lampley, and a couple others. All right, time for us to get out of here on this Tuesday. We'll be back with you tomorrow at 12 noon on Wednesday, Wednesday's edition. You've been listening to Hoist the Colors on 94.3 The Game.
0: This has been Hoist the Colors with your host, Stephen Igo. Tune in weekdays at noon for all things ECU sports. Get a recap of the show at 94.3thegame.com, on Twitter, Facebook, or anywhere you get your podcasts. We're back tomorrow with more of Hoist the Colors on 94.3 The Game.